Welcome back to our Omid Yomi Learning Mesechtes Megillah. Today we're picking up on the top of Dalit Amid Aleph. And as usual, we're learning for the merit, the Zechus, to bring our hostages home safely and healthy and speedily, as well as the merit, the Zechus, for all of our brothers and sisters in Israel, especially our Chaylim, our soldiers. So let's not, let our learning be a Zechus. Yesterday we left off discussing the idea of a walled city and what exactly is a walled city. And then the Gemara said, by the way, just to let you know, FYI, the um, let's turn back to the previous page and begin on base the bottom that um, and Levi Lud These three cities, Lud Ona Gecharashim, They were surrounded by the, by walls in the days of Yeshua ben Nun. I.e., they read uh, the Megillah on Shushan Perm on the fifteenth. Now the Gemara is going to ask questions on this. Who did Yeshua really build these uh, cities? As in, were they really in existence in the days of Yeshua Benon? However, we, we know from from Hayyamim, that the sons of Al-Pa'el were Eber, Misham, and, and, uh, and Shamed, and, and he built Ona and Lud. Okay, I guess he didn't build Gecharash, but he built the other these other two. So if they built these cities, how do you say that Yeshua Benun built them when this took place way afterwards? So the Gemara says, according to that, Actually, it was also built it because it says, Asa built the uh, cities in Yehuda. So wherever you slice it, the issue is that it wasn't built by Yeshua. So the first point is it wasn't built by Yeshua. It was built by, uh, it was built by um, the um by Alpl, the second one's like according to that. So then you're going to say that Asa built, not Alpl. What's going on here? Please give us some clarity. So rather, I'm Rabbi Lazar. These cities were indeed walled in the days of Shubadun. Harvey made Pelegish Begiva during the uh, great tragedy. Pelegish Begiva. We're not going to get into now, but there was a civil war among the Jewish people. They were these walls were destroyed. And then Alpiel came and rebuilt them. They fell again for whatever reason. Asa came and rebuilt them again. So they were indeed built in the days of Yeshua Benun. And in fact, if you look at the passage we just quoted, it, it seems to imply that. Why? Daikanami, because it says, uh, he, Asa says to, to Yehuda, let us build these cities. He didn't say let us build a city here. He said let us build these cities, implying there was a city there, and now we're just restoring them. Shmamina, that they were rebuilt what was already in existence from the days of Yeshua ben Nun. Okay, next part. So the rest of this daf is going to deal with the laws of a woman reading Megillah, as well as reading Megillah on Shabbos, or what do you do, and various halachas about approaching Purim before we conclude with the obligation to read the day and at night. So, Omar Yeshua ben Levi. Says Yeshua ben Levi, Noshim Hayavas Mikra Megillah, a woman is obligated in the reading of the Megillah. And you say, what do you mean, of course, or why not? So the answer is, we know women are not obligated in mitzvahs hashes man grama, in time-bound mitzvahs. Time-bound mitzvahs a woman is exempt from, and by definition, if you only read Megillah one day a year, or one night and one day a year, so it's time-bound, a woman should be exempt from it, the way, same way they're exempt from, let's say, sitting in the sukkah, says the Gemara, a woman is obligated. So now the question is, why do we have the exception? Sha'av hein ha'yiv osanes, for they too were... were Something in the miracles. Now we have to actually explain what that means. They were involved in the miracle. Um, they caused the miracles. This is actually an interesting, an interesting uh, uh, little discussion here. The uh, 
there are three other there are three areas in the in in, in our Jewish life where we actually apply this principle. They are when it comes to when it comes to Purim, when it comes to Hanukkah, and when it comes to the Arbakosos, the four cups of wine we drink at the at the, at the Pesach Seder. Now, what do all of these three things have in common? Well, one th- for one, they're all derabbanans. Number two is they're all about Mefaris uh, and this. We're all trying to publicize the miracle. As in Megillah, we're sitting there. We do it in public to publicize the miracle. Hanukkah, no greater public public no publication and public publicization. That made that word up. Uh, um, as the um, as lighting in front of so everyone can see. And lastly, at the seder, we're doing that as well. Uh, we're doing that as well. We're we're publicizing among the fam- among the family. So. That being said, so one can make a, one can claim the idea here is that women are since they were involved in the miracle and it's by pursuing Nisa, publicizing it, they are obligated. It also could be, and this there are one approaches that women were the uh, main thrust in the, in the main in the main reason many of these uh, salvations took place. Uh, Esther was the uh, driving force behind Purim. The Nashim Zakani was the righteous woman who cried out as we read at the Seder night, were the reason behind the Exodus. And the story of Yael, what took place on, on Hanukkah. So again, it could be because they caused it. It could be because it could be because they were involved in it. We're also only dealing here potentially with the Durabanan, although Tosfos here seems to say this might apply on a level of Derisa as well. And lastly, uh, and lastly, it's all about publicizing miracles. Okay, so women are therefore obligated in, in, in reading the Megillah just because we are on we're sidetracked, and also because the docs can go really fast today. I'm not going to let you get away with only a little learning. Um, that that would imply if a woman is obligated, we know a principle from from uh, the Gemara tells us that someone who is obligated in something can therefore help someone else fulfill their obligation. They can motivate someone else. So if a woman is obligated to make her Megillah, then she's allowed to read for a man. Well, says Tosfos, that could be. However, the Rush says no. There's a difference between the obligation of a man and a woman. That a man is obligated to read the Megillah, whereas a woman is only obligated to hear the Megillah. And since it's a different level obligation, they cannot therefore read for a man. Why would that be? So this is actually going to take us to the end of this of this Ahmed. Why would that be? What, why why is there a distinction? Why is there a difference? There are a number of answers given. The, the Shagas Arya Turi Evans says it could be a man's obligation for uh, Megillah comes from prophecy, different Kabbalah of some sort, whereas a woman's obligation is based off Hain Hayubos Hanes, which is rabbinic. So you have a, a woman's only obligated rabbinically, while a man is obligated, I guess, not biblically, but in this. Uh, this quasi-biblical area to higher levels, that, that would be why. That's one interesting idea. Another interesting idea can be that, and this, this is brought down elsewhere, that there are two things we're doing when we're publicizing a miracle. When we're reading a Megillah, excuse me. We're publicizing the miracle, and we're also fulfilling our obligation of hollow. So while a man and a woman both have an obligation for Suminisa to publicize the miracle, only a man is obligated in hollow, a woman's exempt from hollow. Which would mean, therefore, that a man, when a man reads the Megillah, he's fulfilling two obligations. A woman's only reading one, so she, a woman therefore can't can't read for a man to help him fulfill his obligation. That being said, so this ties into what we said on bottom. What we will say on bottom, and, and that is, we only say hollow during the day. So it could be that a woman's able to be motzi a man at night, where they both have the same equal obligation of pursuing Nisa, but not during the day. And one last idea brought down. Is and I forgot who said this. I don't remember if it was Akiva Eger or um, it was I don't remember who said this, but I saw it brought down. You know what? I think it was it was, this, it was the Ave Nazar. The Ave Nazar writes that actually there's diff- two it's two different obligations. There's publicizing a miracle and it's also uh, destroying a mullet. 
So whereas both men and women are obligated to publicize the miracle, there's a debate if a woman's obligated to destroying a malik, which plays into should a woman go to Parsha Zachar or not? And although we're machmir, really, we don't, I mean, it's, it's a chumrah, but it's not maker hadin. And therefore, if you want to argue a woman is exempt from remembering a malik because she's not obligated wiping out a malik, as the Sefer Chinuch writes, so then she wouldn't have the same obligation as a man. Okay, be it as it may, the halacha falls out that a, a man and a woman are both obligated in, in, in reading the Megillah, but a woman's not supposed to be motzi, a man. Okay. Let's learn another teaching from Shubin Levi. Purim falls out on Shabbos. We, although we don't read the Megillah, which we'll discuss later on, why not? Um, and we've mentioned previously, we're still supposed to learn and, and hold our, uh, and, and give Torah discussions, give Shurim on Inyanim, on the matters of Purim. My Purim, what do you mean, Purim? I feel Yom Tov Nami, the Salach in general. The Tanya, it's taught Moshe Tikal Yom Yisrael, Shein Shalom Adarshim Yom Yisrael, that Moshe established that Jews should always give lectures in Yom Yom in fact, by Pesach, and maybe elsewhere, there's even an additional obligation, you should do it 30 days beforehand. That could be just exclusive to Pesach, because Pesach has so many laws. Okay, so what's going on here? Why are you telling me this Allah here, seemingly implying it's only Purim? You may have thought to prohibit Lechstam Purim, the same way we prohibit, the same way we prohibit Reading the Megillah, Kamash Blan, there is no such prohibition. All right, the final part of this of this Amud. One more teaching from Rishim a person obligated to read Megillah at night and then repeat it during the day. Shinemar, how do I know this? Uh, so the Pasuk says, Says the Pasuk in, in Tehillim, in reference to Esther, Oh my God, I will call out by day and you do not answer by night and there is no rest but respite for me. So we see from here you're supposed to read it twice, both during the day and night, although we mentioned a minute ago there are different obligations both the day and during the night. Moreover, Tosis points out that during the day is the Iker reading, which is why we repeat Shechianu during the day, even though normally we don't repeat Shechianu once you've done the Mitzvah once. Okay, so it actually there was a misunderstanding about this. The students thought, based off this, read it at night. And to learn the Mishnayos, learn Mesech Megillah during the day. So I'm going to look at says to them, it is explained for me, I heard personally from Chibar Abba, that we're supposed to repeat it during the day. The person says, I will finish the section and then I will do Chazara. Another verse, says, the name of Ula from Bere. As it says, that my soul might sing to you and not be still, the Shem of God forever, I will thank you. This is also the Hillam and Lamani Zimrech Kavod, so that my soul may sing to you, this is the day. Yadum says Rashi, it will not be still, this refers to reading it as well at night. We are going to stop here, the two dots. I wish you all a wonderful day.